Hey everybody, welcome to Devotionables, brief devotions for busy people. My name is Derek Riley. I'm a BFG teacher here at 9th and O. And today we're coming to the end of our series on big words, uh, important words in the Bible and in the Christian life that we use uh, and that may be worth a little bit more focus. Uh, sometimes because we want to correct or we want to investigate some of the things that we're talking about but sometimes just because these are big and important ideas that are worth reflecting on, that are worth taking a few minutes out of our day to meditate on and to be encouraged by. And if there's any word or idea in the Christian life that's worth taking the time to reflect on, it's heaven. Now, in the Bible, in the church, in the Christian life, we, we use the word heaven in different ways, and we mean some different things by it. So it's probably worth taking just a minute to talk about what we mean when we talk about heaven. Uh, the simplest one would be the way that we come across in the Bible. Uh, fairly often, when the Bible says heaven, it's describing the skies. It's describing uh, the skies, the things in them, the stars, the heavenly bodies that we can see in the night sky and the day sky, the piece of creation that we see when we look up. So. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies above proclaim his handiwork. In that sense, when we talk about heaven and heavens, we're talking about the sky and the things that God has created above us. But that's probably something that we see more in Scripture and less in the way that we talk about heaven. When we talk about heaven in the Christian life, in the church, we really have two things that we mean there. The first would be... Uh, what happens to our souls when we die? Pastor Gabriel did a wonderful devotionable on death and uh, meditating on death and talking about death in ways that we don't often want to do in our culture. I, I'd encourage you to go listen to that. It's, it's a good thing and a good uh, time for reflection on that topic. But when we talk about death and we talk about what happens to us when we die, one of the things we say is that we would go to heaven. And what we mean there is that our souls are separated from our bodies and we go to be with the Lord. We see this idea in scripture uh, all over the place. Jesus said it on the cross when he was speaking to the repentant thief on the cross who, uh, <laughs> who was there that day when he was dying. Jesus told him, surely today you will be with me in paradise. So he's telling a thief who's dying on the cross that today he will be with the Lord. Paul picks this up and talks about it even more. It was a theme throughout Paul's life and ministry and his writings. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says that to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. Or uh, in another translation, to be away from the body is to be home with the Lord. And you get this sense throughout Paul's writings that he longs to be home with the Lord. In Philippians, which came later in his ministry, Paul was sitting in prison and reflecting on the fact that he was probably coming close to his death. Whether it was immediately imminent or a little bit away, he was talking to the Philippians and saying what he thinks about it, how he thinks about his coming death. And he said that he would rather go and be with Christ. It seems better to him to leave and to be with Christ, to die and to part and to be with his Lord. But he says there in Philippians that 
because of the work that was still to be done, because of the good of the church. He thinks that God was going to leave him for now so that he could work and endeavor for the church and strengthen it. But he's very clear. If it was up to me what I would want, I would want to go and be with my Lord. And so we know from all of that teaching, uh, we know from 1 Thessalonians, when Paul talks about what happens to those who have gone to sleep, he says that they have gone to be with the Lord. I don't want you to be deceived and mourn like people who do not have hope. We mourn like people who have hope because they are with their Lord. But even Paul says that's not the ultimate end. Paul points us to the resurrection throughout his writing too, especially in 1 Corinthians 15. He says that, uh, says that we have hope in the resurrection. And if we don't hope in the resurrection, then we're denying Christ's resurrection. And if we deny Christ's resurrection, then we're to be pitied above all men. What he's saying there is that there is a hope that's even greater than just going in the soul apart from our body to be with the Lord. That's not ultimately what God created us for. He created us as embodied souls who have body and soul together to dwell with the Lord in a perfect relationship forever. And we won't see that until the last days, until the resurrection of the dead. When the dead will be raised There will be the judgment of the righteous and the dead. And then those who are in Christ, who are found in him, will dwell with God forever in the new heavens and the new earth. And that is where our hope ultimately lies. That's that's the other way we talk about heaven. The place where we will spend eternity with God forever. Not just as souls apart from our bodies, but body and soul united as it was always supposed to be. The book of Revelation paints this picture of a world where everything that has gone wrong, all of the effects of sin are wiped away. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out, down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. And then in chapter 2. Then the heaven showed me the river of the water of life, as bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, and also on either side of the city, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So we have this image of the people of God dwelling with him in the new Jerusalem, in a new picture of Eden, that perfect fellowship with God and man. But the promise there in that last day is the same as the promise for us today when we think about what's going to happen to us when we die. Because the promises of Revelation are that we will be with God. Revelation says that night will be no more, that we won't need a light or lamp or the sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. And we won't need lights. We won't need a temple. We won't need any of these things because we are with God. Just like Paul was telling us to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. The promise either way that we talk about heaven is that we will be with God forever. That is such a joy as we've talked about sin 
and the fall and the effects of the fall. We've talked about what Christ has done as he's done his atoning work, as he's been a propitiation for our sins. So we talked about the fellowship that we have in the church as people who are united in Christ. As we've talked throughout all of these big words, one of the things that has persistently been in our minds, one of the things that they all bring to our mind is that one day we are hoping for the day when we will dwell with the Lord forever. That all things will be restored. All the things that have gone wrong will be undone. He's making all things new. He is healing the nations and we will be with him face to face, dwelling in perfect unity forever. In God's good grace, that's something for us to look forward to and hope for. God, it's something for us to meditate on and reflect on. Paul says he's telling us these things so that we can be encouraged and so that we can tell them to each other. But even now, as a foretaste of what's to come, Jesus has promised that he will be with us now, today. We hope for the day when we will dwell with him forever. But even now, for those of us who are in Christ, we have him. He will not abandon us. He has sent his spirit to indwell us. We have God with us today to encourage us, to strengthen us, to help us through this Christian life. And to remind us that this is not the end. And that one day there is coming a day when we will dwell with him in perfect unity, in perfect harmony forever. Thank you.